back. This is Black Sports 980. I'm your host, Laws. We got Aaron. We got Shaq Jeff. Uh, D not joining us today, but we gonna rock anyway. Uh, today on tap, we got the Panthers Broncos recap. Cam Newton's abrupt exit from the Super Bowl 50 post game uh, presser. LaShawn McCoy's championship bout in the Philly nightclub and more. <laughs> so, just to, just to get the get the jump kicked off, you know, all weekend long, I've been holding all this stuff in. I wanted to say about the game, the whole Cam Newton situation, all that stuff. But before we just dive into that, uh, let, let's talk about the game. So, so what were, what were your thoughts on the game, Jeff? Uh, I mean, it, it, it didn't it didn't go the way I predicted. Uh, I'm not I'm not upset uh, because Peyton's my guy, but I definitely thought uh, the Panthers uh, were going to win, and I thought that they had the better team. I, I you know, looking back on it, I, you know, I, I kind of I don't know why I thought that. I mean, I, I actually I know why. I mean, obviously the Panthers have played well all season, but in terms of the reason I say that is because when I look at their receiving core. Um, it, it, it was glaring um, in, uh, you know, in the game that they definitely missed Kelvin Benjamin. Like in the big games, it, it was very glaring because no one really did anything other than Brown. And then he went out with the concussion and it was like, that was it. I mean, Tay again had that one big play. Um, uh, they pretty much set Olsen down. Uh, Olsen, the thing about Olsen and how he could be covered versus, let's say, a Gronk, not comparing him, but... You know, Gronk's also about like six seven, six eight, and does all the things he does. Olsen is maybe six five, maybe. So you figure they they had uh, Talib on him at 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 some points, and Talib's maybe six two, six three. So and he's a big guy, so it wasn't really a mismatch like Gronk poses the mismatch. So they were able to neutralize those receivers and and shut the run down. And I mean, once you did that, you know, the offense couldn't do anything. So Denver Denver's defense, you know. Like, they came ready to play the same way they did against New England. And so, I mean, looking back at it, I, I'm not really surprised. And I probably should have picked Denver. But um, but all in all, I mean, the game was kind of boring. It was really defensive um, defensive game. So um, those are kind of like my takeaways from it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm right there with you. I, I, I actually, on the contrary, I did enjoy the game. But, you know, I did go with the Panthers, too. Um, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but I realized where I went wrong. I picked the Panthers to win when, you know, I shouldn't have picked them because they don't have no receiver that's in the eighties. They got Ted Ginn, 75 overall, Funchez, 74, Corey Brown, 73. Like, like, honestly, did I really think that they had a chance? You know, the game rating went every time. 68 hands, 72 awareness, and it's not enough. 82 speed, 79 agility. You can't, you can't be press coverage with them, with them, them ratings. I'm just, it's just that simple. So they really, they really shot themselves in the foot not acquiring a, a, a true number one receiver when they had opportunities to. You know, because at the end of the day, it came back to Hanum. I mean, you almost needed Cam Newton to play a perfect game, which he did in the previous two games leading up to the Super Bowl. But this game. You know, like, I mean, computer controls, John, the Raiders never lie. And, and at the end of the day, you know, he couldn't do enough to get them over the hump in, in a tough game like that. So, uh, you know, I mean, what what'd you think, Aaron? What do you think about the game? I think the game plan going in was egregious and the lack of adjustments on offense was egregious. Um, I understand you being a physical team and the way you played all year. But once you determined that they were going to stick eight, nine people in the box and force you to pass the ball, you have to do something else. You can't just keep running that same inside dive play or that halfback glass and keep just forcing it. it that's not how football works anymore. And their uh, inability to make adjustments to Denver's defensive game plan, I think it ended up costing the Panthers again. Because they were ended up until like four minutes left. They had a chance to be able to get one touchdown and be able to take over the game. They just did. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Jeff. Nah, I was just going to say, yeah, no, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with all that, but like I, I'm, I'm, like I said, Harold, and obviously it sounds like you were on 
my uh, my train of thought. Uh, I think had they had a receiver, they would have won that game. I mean, because you figure, like, look at a few plays. First of all, I don't know if you all believe that was a catch, but to me that was a catch by Cautry. Uh, the ball never moved. I don't know what the, what the point of a replay is if, if you know, if you're not going to get it right. But the guy had, you know, Cotri had possession the whole time. But anyway, that was a big play because the next play was when they, uh, I think, Von Miller forced, forced the fumble. Um, another big play when it was still 13-7, um, going back to the receiver position, is when uh, I think Brown didn't um, didn't make the catch. Von Miller was there, but it hit Brown right in the hands. You figure he made that catch. They're down to the six-yard line, and they'll probably punch that in to go up 14-13. And those type of plays change the whole momentum of the game. Change the whole game. Yeah, so um, uh, the only real big play, I mean, the receivers, the, the play that Brown actually got hurt on when Cam launched it deep downfield and he went up and banged his head against the, against the field or whatever. Yeah, so I, I like really, like I said, the receivers dropped plays that were there to be made, while as Denver made all the plays that they that that were there to be made. I mean, from special teams play, like that was a big play where they they ran up on the guy and they didn't. Even, if you don't get that close, I mean, like what are you doing? Like, <laughs> they basically let him out there, and so you know a number of plays like that. But I think had you know a couple of those plays been made at the receiver position, I think it would have been a big game. Just like while we all know that uh, they should have given the ball to Marshawn last year, you figure had that been like a big, a big time receiver, Malcolm Butler probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have, uh, cut 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 in front of him to get that pick. So I mean, you need you need at least one uh, big time receiver. Like you know, you might not need a slew of them. You need at least one. Yeah, you, you got, I mean, in a game like this, like, so this, I, I agree with that, and I, I have a few questions. The game plan was egregious. It was, it was so terrible. No reason, no reason in the world Mike Tober needed to be getting five carries. He don't need to touch the ball because Mike Tober was a fail. I think he had two fumbles in the game. Like, one, one they recovered back and one they lost. Well, the problem is that's also um, something that they need to address. I mean, of course, in the past, they had D'Angelo Williams. So D'Angelo Williams is kind of their quicker back who can bounce it outside, whereas, you know, Stewart is more so uh, between the tackles, and so is Tober. Tober is basically a fullback, you know, so yeah. they need to get huh? Nah, he, he shouldn't have been touching the ball. That's that's yeah. his bottom line. The bat was a fail. I, he he, I, he should I have touched the ball. They don't have Fozzie Whitaker. Fozzie Whitaker looks suspect. Like, they could, I mean, they just look terrible. And then you go to the receivers to add insult to injury. These Bamas, the, 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 the one catch that, that was went to review, first of all, like, that, that whole rule is still, like, convoluted to me because it's like it was moving on its way down as he made contact with the ground and was still moving, but it never touched the ground. So I, I'm trying to figure out, like, what the rule is because, to me, it seems like, they're saying that he didn't have control, but the ball never touched the ground. So to me, it, it did touch. The, to me, the ball did touch the ground. But this nah, is the, the thing: ball it, touch the, the ball didn't touch the ground, man. I, it didn't I, touch I, the I, ground. I'll show a picture. I'll put up a screenshot of the ball touching the ground. You talking about the okay. country, man? I'll put a yeah. screenshot up in the chat with the ball touching the ground. And okay. Then, people, people weren't saying it didn't touch the ground. The people were saying it touched the ground, but he kept control. Once the ball touches the ground, you can't regain control after that. It's dead if you don't have the ball stuck in your hands in the same place after you come off of the ground. So okay. when he yeah. touched the ground, it, it, he still had control when it touched the ground, but then when he rolled over, it moved and he had to regain it. That's So so in that case, is a, is a judgment call on the referee whether he felt like he had control or not? It's after, it, was the, it wasn't the part when it touched the ground. It was the part after where he had to regain control on like his leg or something where the ball was moving around. Okay, as he was moving around. Okay. All right, I, mean, I, mean, I, I mean, I hear, like, I hear the explanation and all, but I mean, even when you, you know, you talk about posting that picture, Aaron, you're talking about having a still shot. Like, like, what are they still, still shot it while, while the ref was underneath there saying that the ball is sitting on the ground? When you watch that play in live motion and in terms of through the replay, you can see that he never lost possession of the ball and the ground didn't give him an advantage to actually gain possession. 
That's that's all I'm saying. But it's not just giving that advantage. If the ball touches the ground at all, even if you have both hands and the ball locked in, just like with the Dez catch, once you turn out, you have to maintain possession after that. Look, look, listen, I'm about to clear this all up. The Bama bobbled the ball first. Nine catching, slamming hands on 62. He shouldn't even bobble it to begin with. He should have caught it clean, and we wouldn't even be having this discussion. That's the problem. The Bama's can't I mean, catch. I, hear, I mean, Harold, we hear that, but that's not how it always goes. So but but, but this is but this is the thing. This is the thing. In a big game in the Super Bowl, there's gonna be plays that that can be made, and there's gonna be plays that don't get made. But every play after after a loss or after the game's over, every play is gonna go back and be evaluated, and then it's gonna be ranked like most important, least important, whatever. To me, I feel like the play when Ted Ginn caught the caught that slant pass and got past the secondary. Why did he run out of bounds? This Bama is the fastest Bama on their team, and, and, and he was about to he was about to run past uh, Ty, uh, uh, He was about to run past him, and he just decided to go out of bounds instead of like this is the Super Bowl. To me, overall, the Denver Broncos just look more hungry. Like they when they were getting opportunities to tackle and try to strip the ball, that's what they were doing. They were playing desperate. They just look more hungry to me. Carolina Panthers, they just thought that. You know, over the course of the game, that eventually things would get going for them, and then they they would just win like they always do. But to me, I saw a Denver Broncos team that lost before because they they were playing like, yeah, we get an opportunity to strip the ball, knock the ball away. We're just going to try to make something happen, and that's that's how I believe they won the game. I mean, along with the deficiencies of Carolina Panthers, the non-catching receivers, the the mediocre running game that they had. That I mean, it, it's sad when your quarterback has the most rushing yards on your team. That's sad. That's sad. And I mean, I know a lot of respect goes to the Denver Broncos for being a defense to make it difficult for them. But I mean, it's just I'm, now we had a whole bunch of excuses, and I mean that's what that's what losers do make a whole bunch of excuses. So nonetheless, I think Cam said it best. They just got outplayed. Like bottom line, they just got outplayed. So the game is over. Cam goes, congratulates Payne Manning on the field, and then he heads back to the locker room for the post-game presser. While in the post-game presser, they asking the man all types of questions and stuff. Of course, he, you know, he's not in the mood to be answering questions. Um, and it and he Cam knew for the most part is answering the questions. He's answering the questions like, you know, no or whatever. Like one question that, that the reporter asked, he was like, I mean, we just got our play, bro. But this is the part that be getting me. After that. They ask him these questions. After he answers that question, the idiot reporter gonna be like, uh, do you know why y'all got outplayed? Like, come on, dog. Like, the situation of like how they interviewing these guys right after the game is is just like really putting them in a volatile situation. And I'm sure the league knows this. They got a bed sheet that that they got up, and then it's a the other team is right there, so you can hear the other team. So of course Cam Newton hears Chris Harris talking about him and how they basically like dominated him, and of course the Bama gets blown after he's been answering questions for at least you know a couple five minutes or so, then he gets up and he dips out. So then the media comes in, makes his big old frenzy about how like he just don't don't care or he has his bad sportsmanship and all this stuff. So like. What are you? What are y'all thoughts on it? Is Cam was Cam a bad for, for leaving a press conference? Well, I think no matter what happens, you can't do that. Um, he, I feel like he already set himself up with the mood he was in and, and his demeanor in the press conference for that to happen. Um, but beyond that, what I didn't like was how once it was presented to us that media, I mean that uh, soundbite with Chris Harris on the other side of that bed sheet. Uh, I didn't hear it until I had to go looking for, it was an article I saw and then I heard it and listened to it again and you could hear what Chris Harris was saying. They just made it seem like he didn't want to answer questions and he was tired of it. So he just quit and got up and walked out. When clearly that's not exactly how it happened. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I, um, man, it, to me, it wasn't a big deal. Um, like, I mean, I guess could have handled it better. As far as, you know, like you said, it's already a tough position when they have to uh, do those interviews right after the game. You know, he's pretty much been consistent as far as uh, his demeanor when they lose. 
it just really hasn't happened that often, <laughs> pretty much since the car accident. I mean, I think they probably won almost 20 of their last 22 games or something crazy in that, that, that realm. So, you know, we haven't been used to seeing that a lot, especially this year. You know, we just saw a lot of dabbing and stuff. So, um, you know, I'm not really shocked by the way he, um, you know, was answering the questions. And, and like you said, as far as, you know, him getting up and walking off, um, I guess he could have stuck it out. I mean, that is obviously a part of their job requirement. But, you know, I'm, I'm not making no major issue over it. You know, it's, it's not like it's a pattern or anything like that. So, yeah, so, I mean, for me, I really don't have a problem with, with him, like, walking out on the jump. I mean, I guess, you know, in a perfect world, you want him to do it. But, like, most of these media people, they never played in no sports or no, no, you know, in a game where it matters that much. And, like, you see the players on the field crying and all type of stuff. Nobody really trying to have no conversation and talk about all the things that they did, they did wrong and they didn't do to be the team. Like, that's just, I, I just don't get it. But, you know... Aside from that, the, the real issue I have is how the media really try to, like, paint Cam Newton as this, this bad dude. Just like, he's young, and he's, he doesn't know, blah, blah. But in 2010, Peyton Manning walked off into the locker room without shaking the other team's hand, nothing, like, because they lost to the Saints. And, you know, I, I actually went back and looked it up, and I found an article that was talking about it. And when I was looking at the article, I was like, yeah, like, this is crazy. So I, I just want to read some of the excerpts from the article. It was like, it says, um, in that Super Bowl, if you recall, Peyton left for the locker room early with time left on the clock. Apparently something, it is a sign of poor sportsmanship from an NFL's greatest player. It's not. Walking off the field without congratulating Drew Brees may go against our misguided notion of what sportsmanship should be. But it wasn't at all disrespectful or bitter. It shows how much Peyton Manning wanted to win the game. And who can argue about that? Was it poor sportsmanship for not shaking hands with the Saints players? Sure. But after the after what he had had just transpired in the Super Bowl, I wouldn't want to look back either. Like, okay. Like you can you can hear the the humanity and how they can just basically relate to everything that this reporter is saying, but None of this is being said about Cam Newton. Like, I'm not hearing anybody come to his defense in regards to this situation. Where, if you ask me, walking off the field in the locker room, not congratulating the, the, the other team, that's worse uh, or, or poor form of sportsmanship than what Cam Newton did. Like, what, what are y'all thoughts? I mean, I, th- I think that... Um... Yeah, it's one of those things. I, I'd be curious to know what the, uh, the, that writer um, wrote as far as it, uh, Cam is concerned um, to see if he's consistent. Um, I think that uh, I, I've definitely heard, you know, media members defending Cam. I mean, the action overall, like, of course, they said, you know, of course, it would have. They would have liked for him to stay, but it wasn't the end of the world. Um, of course, I've heard, you know, people bash him as well. But, I mean, it, I don't think it's been all one way. It hasn't. Everybody in the media hasn't been bashing him from, from what I heard. I mean, Cam, I mean, if I, I'm sure all of us know now he's a polarizing figure. It's just like Johnny Manziel based on what he did at college, nothing he's done in the pros. So, um, it's just one of those things that no matter what Cam does, good or bad, he's always going to be on the news. And I think, you know, he has to realize that now, um, you know, as he moves forward. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I hear you. I, I just don't, I, I just don't all the way agree that they're, 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 I haven't, I haven't heard up to yet that his actions are a sign of him being a true athlete or a great athlete. That is competitive drive. Is, is there because of what he did. Like, this is all speaking to him being uh, basically a sore loser. That's what they call him. In other words, I mean, they're not say, they might not say that word, sore loser, but a lot of the stuff that I heard, I mean, I listened to Mike and Mike this morning. All they calling him a sore loser because they're saying, you know, he heard that and then he walked out or whatever. And some saying it's going to be a deal. But, but, but. He is a sore loser, though, Harold. I mean, that's a fact. Man. Whether you but, like them but or this, not. 
Okay, that's fair. That's fair enough. But if he's a sore loser, then Peyton Man is a sore loser too. Well, some of them didn't know about that, Harold. You you even had to dig. You no, to dig. man. Everybody saw that situation go. Like they saw. I remember him going in the locker Harold. room. Harold, but guess what? Guess what, Harold? Two years from now, you'll remember this because it's Cam Newton. But if it was somebody else, you wouldn't remember. Like so, the fact that I would remember two years ago at the end of the Super Bowl that Peyton Manning didn't, or not two years ago, because this was a. This was what, 09? They're talking about the Drew Brees one. Because yeah, obviously the Drew Brees just got pounded. They just got pounded by Seattle. And it was all cool. So that that Drew Brees one was what, six, seven years ago, man? No, of course not. Who would remember that? Like if we're being objective and we're being fair. You had you had the dig for That's all I'm saying. Okay, all right, man. Clear us up, man. What what you got to say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, clearly it's going to be different this time because people wanted a lot of people were to lose because of the way he he goes about his business and because of how he acts when he's winning and when they're up. Part of that, um, like you can't sit around and pout and cry when you're dancing and smiling and cheesing on everybody when you're winning. That's just my point of view. The second part of that is I'm not one of those guys who's real big on or you have to do things this way. I don't care what he does when he loses. Um, personally, I don't think that has anything to do with him as a leader on the football team or his sportsmanship or any of that. And that would be him or any other player. But I just would like it to be represented fairly because it's not. I mean, we can, yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, I, I don't agree necessarily with, with the way he handled it. I, I personally hope he would have stayed and answered the questions and, and had a slightly better demeanor, but it's not going to be represented fairly. And that's the main reason why I kind of felt that way. Like, don't give them something else to use against you. If that makes sense. Yeah. Pay, the perception is that, that, that Peyton Manning is a clean guy, a squeaky clean background and everything like that. And then on the flip side, Cam Newton is, is, the, is the thug, you know what I'm saying, has a checker pass and stuff like that. But the truth is, is like, if you look at them side by side, if you just want to compare the two, I mean, there's been comparisons like you got the you got the the clean quarterback and then you got the the uh, the new the new new wave new they don't say thug but they just try to paint them as different and pay paint man is like all clean but paint man is not clean he's not like all good I mean. 2003, didn't he have a scrotum sack on some youngest forehead, the trainer and stuff like that? So, so, I mean, and nobody ever talks about that, and people won't even know about that story. People don't even know about that story. But yet, like, he does this, and he walks out, you know, they go in and find every everything that he's ever done to, like, be a, you know, technically show bad sportsmanship or whatever because because I guess because he's a polarizing athlete and because he dances and he smiles and he does all this stuff so it's like now we just gotta we gotta just poke at him but you're not poking at nobody else out here that has a, 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 a worse checker past you know what I'm saying then that's, I just feel like it's different if you look at the two and you compare the two to me it's just different it's a, it's a disparity in how they're looked at how they're viewed um, how they're portrayed how the media you know, I don't even recall media asking Peyton Manning all these these inciting uh, questions that it, it, during his press conference when he got smashed by the uh, they got punished by the um, the Seahawks. Like they were just really trying to get him to Kurt. That's what it felt like to me. If you listen to the interview, they were like, "What can I say to get this Bama to Kurt?" Like, I know if I keep asking them, like, did they just do stuff you never seen before? And like, the Bama's gonna Kurt. Like, he I know it. That's their M.O. He, I felt like when he went into the press conference with that demeanor, he spilled blood in the water. And it's like, you can't give him that. Yeah. Yeah, nah, I, 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 to, I totally agree. I totally agree. You you got you, you to gotta be wise and understand and know uh, that you said it yourself, Cam. You're a black quarterback. And, 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 and when you are, it's just a different, different set of rules. It's just a different set of rules. And you be naive to think that it's not. Um, uh, and that's just straight like that. But moving ahead, uh, we got LaShawn McCoy um, trying to win back the belt, the title <laughs> for the Walter Waite in, in, in a Philly nightclub was was boxing somebody. 
And uh, I get what is it, the police officers he was fighting. And he was he was there with uh, ex charges running back Curtis Brinkley. And apparently they put the, the uh, police officers in the hospital. Uh, hit one of the police officers over the head with a bottle of champagne, all tired, crazy type stuff. Um, like that's crazy, man. What you think about that, Aaron? Well, I don't know what happened. The details of what happened. I'll just say what rubs me the wrong way. One thing is whenever something happens with these people, they say off-duty police officer. It's like if somebody whooped me in the club. They're not gonna say an off-duty engineer. Or like I don't understand what the police officer has to do with what happened in the club if they weren't off duty like working security or something like that I don't understand what you know what I mean what does that have to do with the narrative of what happened yeah nah that, that's interesting no they no because they want to they want to incite and raise exactly. the level of like of like people's attention like oh it was police officers like he was fighting the police it's like first of all nobody knows that a police officer is off duty if you about to like have an altercation with him that's and I'm right. sure the police officers probably were sicing the jump or, or inciting the fight themselves because a lot of times, if you know any police officers or police, like they feel like they have an authority above and can't nobody say nothing to them or whatever, whatever. And if they're in a, in a hostile environment, they just automatically believe that whether on or off duty, they still hold the rights as a police officer. And in some ways they do, but in this circumstance, they probably would they probably incited the whole thing, like whatever. And if you don't know that's a police officer, you thinking it's just a regular dude, you, you don't know. And I, I mean, not that I'm condoning LaShawn McCoy's behavior, you know, him wrecking and boxing police officers off duty or on duty, whatever. But I'm just saying like, let's be real here, people. Like, I, I mean, I had a cop pull me over one day and the man was driving a Caprice. Like, I didn't even look like a cop car. Like, I'm like, what is this? You know what I'm saying? So, if he didn't know, he didn't know. But, you know, the media wants to, that's their job, man. That's their job. If they were just wrecking a regular person, I mean, it's not the same as an off-duty police officer. All the off-duty police officer gets hits on your website and gets people reading your story and your article. So, that's how it goes down, man. Um, I guess... Uh, what I don't know what will happen legally for to um, Deshaun McCoy. They say that he's probably under the process of getting getting um getting looked at. Jeff, what do you think about the situation? Uh, I mean, I, I I don't really know a lot about it. Uh, to be honest with you, I mean, I just <clears throat> I saw that he he got you know gotten the scuffle with the off duty officers or whatever. I mean, pretty much everything that you all have. Um, uh, disclosed here. I mean, as far as the whole off-duty officer thing, I mean, I guess I understand why they mention it. I mean, I'd be curious to know whether, you know, when it was about to go down, the officers, you know, the off-duty officers revealed that they were officers. I, I'd be curious to know whether they did that and kind of whether he just wasn't paying attention, they had been drinking, whatever. I mean, I heard that it was over a bottle of champagne, but, I, I, yeah, like I said, I don't really know the details. So, um, I, I don't know really where to go or what to think about about it. I mean, everybody's going to do their investigation, so I guess we'll we'll see. You know what comes out. Yeah, man. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Y'all ever been in a, a brawl with the off-duty police officers in the club? <laughs> hey, Harold, you remember nah. that uh, that game we played in? Uh, with Chris Kelly's team and they tried to start the fight with us they was talking about they was going to kill um, they was going to kill what people and then we come to find it. everybody was like y'all got to stop they did that last game they're all on duty police officers oh yeah 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 I remember and the thing is, we didn't even know. Exactly. We playing, we playing football. You don't get physical. They talking trash. We like, hold on, man. Whatever, whatever. And they trying. They basically are like trying to incite the, the fight. Like they trying to like, yes, please, please, please. And then come to find out, these bamas are off duty police officers. I'm like, these bamas. Like, this, this, this is this. These are the police. Not trying to not, not trying to create police, not not trying to uphold the peace, and not trying to you know keep things cool, or not even trying to like they try to they try to wait until you get into the altercation, then reveal like yeah we the police, and now we killed you because we the police, like 
But apparently, whatever Melissa McCoy and Curtis Brinkley did, they put the police behind him in the hospital. So I don't know, man. I know that they said they said a warrant is imminent. So <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's like code word for they gonna face jail time or whatever. I'm sure if it, if, it, if if the police are involved, they gonna try to press charges to the full extent, um, unless. They just get the executive order passed or something like that. I don't, I don't know what it, what happens, but a lot of these, a lot of these police officers, when they get, when they, when they hem up the, uh, the athletes, it's like a prize possession. It's like they won the lottery. So who knows, who knows how this, uh, this will turn out. Um, I'm surprised Sean, Lashawn McCoy back in Philly. Like, what is he doing back in Philly? He's from he's Pittsburgh. From, oh, he's yeah. from Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. Uh, Eagles cut Riley Cooper. About yeah, time was that? Was that? Was that a uh, the uh, retro justice for the whole Chip Kelly jump? Yeah, I mean everybody knows that if Chip Kelly wasn't the coach, he wouldn't have been on the roster anyway. I mean, or the GM, coach and GM. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, whoever the next owner was going, uh, uh, not owner, but head coach was going to be, they they were going to get rid of. Him. Yeah, I, I, I think under no circumstances you you have to. I mean, he was floating under the radar for a minute, but that was one. That was, I mean, yeah, he should have. He should have got cut. He should have got cut. Um, definitely, if his his jump was on tape and Ray Rice jump was on tape, I mean, Ray Rice did hit his woman, and I'm not justifying that, but I'm just saying it was on tape. You heard the Bama speak his heart, so. I don't, I don't know how he got a pass, but that, that's how that's how I go sometimes. So he didn't say anything about homosexuals or Jews. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that I guess that's the criteria. That that's facts though. Uh, Manziel is he about to do some jail time? Because from the report from his youngin, he got an anger and management issue. Apparently. He hit it with a hit it with a haymaker. Or I don't know, cock back from the heavens. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what was going on. Like, why would you do that to your girlfriend? So apparently he he assaulted her. She she had all the stuff to say about it. Filed a uh, you know filed a report on it. And then uh, Johnny Manziel's father comes out and says, um, I truly believe that he needs to get help. Um, Cause I'm scared he won't see the, live to see his 24th birthday. So, I mean, Johnny Manziel got issues. He definitely has some issues. Like, do you believe he did it now, Jeff? Or are you still on the fence? I mean, what, what do you mean? Do I believe he did it? I never. I, 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 I on the last. Nah, cause last last episode you was questioning if he really did all that. Cause she said, I was, I was saying the fact that they weren't you. I was the one talking about they weren't using uh, the word domestic violence until oh, okay. now. You know, so I, I, all I said is they weren't even using the word. And I was saying if anytime you know it's a it's a young black athlete, you know that's the first thing that comes up, whether they know the details. So I'm mm. it sounded like it sounded like it was domestic violence, and now we get the story from her. Um, you know, her lawyer saying what happened. My thing is whether he'll do jail time or not. I mean, I really still don't think so. I mean, because that's what her lawyer said. She didn't say that. I mean, she might have told her lawyer, but those words didn't come out of her mouth. Now, I know it's up to, um, you know, the uh, prosecutors and with all that to, if they want to, you know, bring some charges and all that. But, uh, yeah, as far as I'm, as far as I'm concerned, like, I still not stamp that he's going to do jail time for obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, it, that definitely sounds like. I mean, he, he has a lot going on, man. He ha, he has to get help and get himself. Is he is he is he done in the, in the league? Is he done with football? Is Johnny Manziel? Is his like career about to be over? For the season? Nah, it ain't go. It ain't over. He's done. People have done way worse and gotten away with it and came back and continued playing. His career as a superstar is gonna take a major hit. Um. So it's going to be a minute before he gets another chance to start somewhere, but he'll be able to get a job at some point, maybe take a year off, but he'll get a job somewhere. 
Yeah, you're gonna have to do some soul searching and get up, you know, as long as he don't get on one of them reality TV rehab type jokes, stay off of that. Just do your little rehab in the back back corner somewhere, get clean. You already did your rehab. Game. He's just get a thug, on. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a thug, don't, don't say that. Don't, can't say that. But connecting on to what he was saying, I, even when the details came out about her rupturing her eardrum and him hitting her and dragging her by her hair, I still haven't heard the term domestic violence. Yeah, I don't think they said it. I, I, I saw it I saw used today for the first time. I saw it okay. used it. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, nonetheless, this Batman just... This young about to ruin his whole whole career, but I guess I mean we. I feel like out of all the shows we had, we talk about Johnny Manziel at least every other episode. He did something, and that's just too much. Like especially when when your team been out of out of the playoffs and ain't even make the playoffs, and you've been out of it for you know this long. I'm just trying to figure out why his name keeps coming up. So. um the, the rumor is that RG3 might be going to the Rams, the L.A. Rams. Uh, what do you think that's a good move? I mean, it's not a bad move. They have a couple pieces there, and having Todd Gurley back there will help him if they want to do the um, play out the run option with them. That'll help. Um, Tavon Austin will help. And um, I forget the other wide receiver. I'm going to tell you. Luke Fisher. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's who's not going to help. Jeff Fish is not going to help. So, I mean, that that that's really what it comes down to. I don't think having Jeff Fisher will be conducive to his career because he's not Steve McNair. He's not a pocket passer that can stand in there and throw the ball 20, 30 times a game each time and be consistent with it that way. He hasn't proven to be that. So I don't know if going there will help him very much. Yeah, I'm. Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. What you think, Aaron? Jeff? Redskins fans? Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. Jeff Fisher is like the team would be perfect for him if Jeff Fisher wasn't the head coach. He's a loser, and I already saw what he did to Vince Young when he determined he didn't want to deal with Vince Young and his personality anymore. And that's just to me has bad decision written all over. Yeah, nah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. But you got the template of Vince Young. Then you got RG3. Yeah, RG3. I wouldn't go there, bro. I wouldn't go there. That sounds like, yeah. and the fact that the league is, is like, you know, throwing it out there that you should go there, that's like career suicide. And they probably know it on the back end. So don't even mess with the jump, no. Don't take, <laughs> don't do it. Do not do it. The, Jeff? Um, RG3 to the Rams? I mean, I, I agree. I agree with Aaron um, that it, it has nothing really to do with the Vince Young. I mean, that's just the add-on. But about the fact that Jeff Fisher is a loser, like I mean, he hasn't he hasn't won anything. I think he's been a head coach, um, you know, for over 22 years. 20 plus years. Yeah, and I think he's only been in the playoffs what, four times, four maybe five times. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was six. They said six. So I mean, you're talking. You know, uh, what's that? 16, 16 uh, years missing it. You know, so I mean, come on now. And he's the second. Hmm? And he's the second highest head, po- head coach in the league. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. What? He gets $7 million a year. That's crazy. Crazy. Oh, my man. Still in money. And still employed. Uh, so, on on to new sports, basketball this week. Derek Fisher caught that axe. They fired him. Now I didn't even see this coming, but then I did see this coming because it makes some trash. But but I didn't anticipate them like letting Derek Fisher go like mid season. Uh, I thought the I thought the Knicks were much better than they were last year. So. I thought any improvement was good improvement, but apparently um, Phil Jackson, and, you know, this was this was his hire, so he had to make the firing. And word on the street is that Phil Jackson trying to get out of town too. So 
What, what are y'all thoughts on the joint? Some people have, have said that it's, it's uh, Matt Bond's fault and Gloria Govan's fault that Derek Fisher is out of job now. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I um, it's, it's really the fact that they, they couldn't win. You know, I mean, like they say, I heard reports where uh, the team started to lose respect for him um, over the whole incident, you know, due to the fact that obviously him and Matt Barnes were uh, reportedly friends and that was his ex. So the fact that he would mess with a friend's ex-wife, um, they report said that the team kind of started to like lose respect for him, but that was all season. So fast forward to where we are now. They had maybe about a week or so ago, maybe two, they had just crept up to around 500 and they were playing good basketball, but then this latest stretch was really what got him fired, and on top of obviously his overall record in the two years that he's been there. So, I mean, I think it was all basketball related, but they just used that whole incident as another, um, you know, reason to say, oh, is, is he really serious? Like, why is he getting in? I mean, because let's think about it. Like, you're not really hearing those type of incidents going on with head coaches <laughs> in any league. So, it's, it's, you know... It's rare when something like that happens, so they, they were questioning his seriousness. So they basically just used that as an excuse on top of the fact that the Knicks weren't really improving. Oh, yeah, man. Bruh, you got to watch out for these youngins, man. You got to watch out. This dude, there's your thirst Bruh. that level that high. You can't, you just... I, yeah, it's a rule of thumb. You don't Bruh. talk to your, your, your man's young. Like, you just don't do it. Bruh. It's bad all, every time. It never works out. Just don't do it. So, what would you got? You got anything to say about it, Aaron or Shaq? Not really. You can't. First of all, he wasn't that good of a head coach to begin with. He was starting out and... You can't have incidents like that when you don't have a reputation behind you to cover you. You have no leverage. So not only that, you do one of the most disloyal things you can possibly do in a team setting. And um, that's kind of what happens. That's crazy, dog. That's crazy. I mean, can you imagine just being on a team and then hearing like the coach is, is messing with another player's wife? I mean, Derek Fisher was never, he was never a leader. He was only a facilitator. So I don't know how they expected just because he knows the offense, he'd be able to lead the offense. It's not, it's not the same. Kobe was the leader. Derek was a facilitator. He was third dog to, to Kobe and Shaq at one point. And I mean, you don't expect somebody like that to turn around and be able to be a great head coach. Jason Kidd was a much better point guard and leader than him, and he's still not a great head coach. So why would you expect just because he knows it to be able to run a triangle, which is so difficult? Nobody's done it since Phil well. So why would your student be able to do it if nobody else could? It was a bad idea. Let me ask you a question. And they're paying for it. I was, I was just going to uh, con- come back with, you know, what Shaq was saying as far as uh, – you know, Fisher not being a leader. Uh, from a lot of reports on those latter teams that won the chips, especially like that last one, but I mean, of course, they went to three in a row. Like, Fisher was the leader. You know, Fisher was the closest person to Kobe. Like, essentially, they were they were both leaders. But that still doesn't translate to you being a good co- head coach. And particularly if you don't have the roster. It doesn't matter how great a leader you can't coach with if you don't have no players to play with. You know, so really, like, the thing that really set... Um, probably more so dealing with, uh, with the Knicks as an organization back Phil Jackson would have probably preferred that Carmelo left so he would have had like a blank canvas to try to uh, you know because Carmelo is eating up you know a bunch of money and he's nowhere near the player so um, I just think it's a matter of Fisher whether he's a good coach or not I think it remains to be seen I don't think he really had that great of a roster there in New York, and everybody knows it. Like, that's why Steve Kerr didn't take that job. <laughs> yeah, Steve Kerr ain't retarded. That's why he took that show. <laughs> did, did, uh, did, will, will Derek Fisher get another job? Would he get another coaching job? Assistant. I think at some point. I think at some point he will. I think at, at, at some point. I mean, because why wouldn't he? Like, like, we always talk about how, you know, all the, like, these white coaches get recycled left and right. And a bunch of them, 
uh, clearly all of them aren't winners. That's why they keep having to get new jobs. So if, if any of them could get a second shot, why why can't Derek Fisher get a second shot? Keyword. I mean, speaks to it. Mark Jackson, I ain't seen him get a coaching job. Uh, who else? But you, but but not getting one, and should they get one? That's two different questions. Mark Jackson definitely should have a job. He won 50 games his last season with the Golden State Warriors. That's what I'm saying. Like he's proved. Like there's no reason he shouldn't be without a job. Now, Jeff Van Gundy, that's a different situation. <laughs> but but if we talk about Mark Jackson. Want a job. Yeah, he was, I, God, he's been called about it. He didn't want it. That's there's a difference. Mark Jackson, Jeff Van Gundy, no, Jeff Van Gundy, oh, Jeff. he didn't want a job. That's what I'm saying. Did, did he getting he he getting tosses? I mean, I'm sure they call him. Uh, what's the other? The Batman used to be the coach for Iverson. Uh, Larry Brown. Larry Brown. Bama's keep calling him. I'm, I mean, there's no reason why Mark Jackson should not have have a job unless you know that black ball is in session. I just don't, I mean, it don't make sense to me. Because if Mark Jackson, if I'm the owner of the Washington Wizards right now, Mark Jackson say, I want to coach the Wizards. Randy Whitman got to go. He's gone. He's done. And speaking of, of New York Knicks, they play the Wizards tonight. And we're going to see. We're going to see. Uh, if the Wizards lose this jump, you can go ahead and pack it up. You can, go ahead, you, can, you can go ahead and pack it up. I mean, it's over already. They not playing making the playoffs this year, but if they lose this tonight, they, you can stamp it. Like they still have a small window of time, and maybe they might make the playoffs and get in there. But if they lose this young tonight, you can go ahead and stamp it. You can go ahead and stamp it. I, I don't know if the game is home or away, but it shouldn't matter because the Knicks ain't not that good. So if they go out and get embarrassed, I, I just don't. I don't know. I don't know what to say. They better be playing for Wendy, Randy Women brother or something. Like, I don't know. They need some type of motivation because it's coming down to the wire and they need to get it together. Um, apparently, uh, I guess Bradley Bill's starting tonight. So I guess they're taking him off his minutes restriction. I hope. Um, yeah, I, I hope, man. I hope. Cause I'm, 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 I'm through. What you said? They lost. They uh, lost the game last week. Uh, what Saturday? Um, thirty point, Joe. Thirty point game. They lost that, Joe. Did you, did you see that? You saw, you saw the Wizards game uh, this weekend. Joe? The one against the Bobcats. Yeah. Where they lost the nineteen point lead. That's what I'm saying. To the Bobcats. <laughs> The Bobcats. It's, it, it just, it just pitiful. It's just pitiful. The Wizards do not care about winning basketball games. They are just collecting checks and just, and just going through the motions. And just going through the motions. Uh, George, George Carl, he was on the hot seat, but apparently he not on the hot seat no more. I'm trying to figure out why not. Like George Carl, that Bama's terrible. Mark Jackson need to go and take over right now for for George Carl. Like George Carl is just after his his cancer and all that stuff. Like he just need to be with his family. He not coaching is not his thing no more. He need to just stop. Yeah. Seriously, seriously, he just need to stop because the players don't like him. They don't really mess with him like that. Um, he has all this talent on his team and they can't like. Bruh. They can't win. Bruh, it's like, it's like no excuse. Me, it seemed like to me he got some kind of way of, of getting dirt on owners or GMs or something because he get these jobs and keep them for years and don't have <laughs> no business still being there, but he still manages to stay. So he must have some kind of dirt on Vladi Divot and like, hey, I'll get you deported. <laughs> I don't know. There's got to be something because there's, there's no other reason that they would have a turnaround after having a meeting with each other. All of a sudden, Vlad, that's what I'm saying. He's fine. Don't worry about it. I was wrong. It's hard yeah, to find somebody that had cancer. Though. That that's a a PR move that you might not be about as GM. I mean, you see it, Chuck Pagano. That Batman escaped the guillotine. Yeah. That's the only I mean, time I've seen something like that where it's imminent that they're leaving, then somebody has a meeting, and then they get an extension. 
just, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense. Either either the Bama went up to the, the office and was like, look, just let me finish out the year. Like, just let me finish out the year. Like, even if you bring somebody in, they're not going to be able to, like, get this team to the playoffs. So just let me finish the year, and then I'm going to retire or whatever, and I'll be out your head or something. Or he got the he got the – the uh, naked pictures in his back pocket on the owner or something like that. And he, he said, I got TMZ on speed dial. Don't play with me. And then they just be like, all right, you good. Just chill out. Just chill. So I don't know what it is. I don't. But George Carl should not be coaching a basketball team in the NBA. This is the bottom line. The Bama can't stand up. First of all, he sit back, slouched in the chair, looking at stuff going on. I, I mean, the report keeps coming out that that uh, Boogie Down Productions don't want him no more, and that he want to get him out of there. And I don't know if that that sentiment is still true or not. But I, I, lo and behold, something happened today, and they were like, "Yeah, George Carl's not on the hot seat." I don't know, man. I don't know. It doesn't make no sense to me. Um, yeah, they'll probably give him to the end of the year. You know, at minimum. But that's another that's another year in the trash though. That's another year in the trash, Jeff. Um, I mean, another, like, one of those teams has too much time. I mean, I hear you, but you gotta think like uh, they're probably no more than a few games out of the eighth spot. So you know, I mean, he has that going in his favor. Like, so it's not technically the lost season at this point. So I mean, that's probably. You know, what kind of saved them. I mean, at one point, they were in the eighth spot, you know, earlier this year. So, um, I think that's um, kind of what saved to this point. Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, as we come down to the end of the show, final thoughts. Wizard, uh, OKC Warriors, they had a matchup, uh, 108-116 final uh, Curry comes through in the, in the clutch again, and they beat the Oklahoma City Thunder um, to get that victory. Uh, I, I was looking forward to this game because I really wanted to see if OKC, how they would play in this game, and if they would really um, play to the level in which I, you know, I considered them. But after the game, I realized that if it comes down to a seven-game series, they, and they get Golden State. They don't. They don't have a chance. Golden State gonna run through them. Might even. Might even full piece them in a row. I, I didn't see anything to make me confident that OKC could really, if they play San Antonio, hang with these these better teams. Um, report came out that I know it's from New York, but but that they possibly could be going after Russell Westbrook when he becomes an unrestricted free agent. And when stuff like that is happening, I mean, it's just a matter of time for that 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 ship sinks. So I don't know if Durant's going to stay or if he's going to go, but ooh, what would you do? If you Russell Westbrook, you going to stay in Oklahoma City? If, if KD stays, I'd stay. Um, that New York report I have just heard yesterday, they only going to have like 19 million under the cap so they're not going to be able to offer anybody a max contract so it's going to take some kind of wizardry to make that happen so I don't see that definitely sounds like a New York hopeful yeah, it sounds like some funny business yeah funny business is going to happen they either got to stay together and get another piece or um, break it up at this point because they've been going with the same two for how many years as your nucleus and it hasn't gotten you where it needs to go, and the competition's only gotten tougher because Golden State came in the in the window while you were trying to make it happen. So I don't I don't, I don't see it happening for them. Good luck, but I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, the Knicks need somebody bad. Like you said, Carmelo Anthony, he's on the he's on the way out. He looking like an old Tracy McGrady right now, the way he playing basketball. So it's just a matter of time. He don't seem like he care anymore. He don't. He don't. He just he be on Instagram with his wife chilling. Yeah, making he, posts. He's too busy going to to um, parties for the 
show power and all that. So he ain't worried. Yeah, he ain't, he ain't, he ain't thinking about. And he sit down every other night, like in a suit and be just watching the team. Then when he out there, he just, you know, just going through the motions. Like he don't look hungry. Like he don't look like he trying to take over or do anything and like really solidify. Um, you know them as a team in the East, like almost like he know, like yeah, we won't even go to the playoffs. We won't. If Paul George can take his team to the playoffs, Carmelo, uh, uh, a motivated Carmelo, could take his team to the playoffs if he really, really put forth the effort. So, I mean, he basically just don't care. He's throwing in the town for sure. The, pro- the um, problem with Melo, you know, at this point, too, in addition to all those things, I mean, you, is, is injuries. Those injuries have caught up, man. Like, and I just don't think he, he, re- he really is capable of being the player he once was, you know, so to be honest with you. So um, that's just no, as I see it. Yeah, you're yeah, right, dog. Yeah. Yeah, nah, his, his knees, his the injuries, them jumps all caught up to him. But, yeah, but... When it's all said and done, the Bama's last name is Melo. I mean, can you really expect a whole lot out of a Bama's last name, Melo? Like, it just, that's just what he's been. He just be Melo, just chilling. Um, and that's how, how it's going to be until his career is over. But somehow, this Bama got energy to play in his All-Star game, though. So, he picking and choosing, in my he, opinion. He'll, he'll, probably, he'll probably be... Um out there for a short amount of time so let me let me me ask y'all this question let me uh because i just i just saw this pop up on the way like how how far did y'all think memphis had a chance because i see that marcus all might miss the rest of the year oh i mean to me memphis was always uh a tier two top team so they were you know you got the san antonio's okc's and and the Warriors, and then you got the tier twos with the, mm-hmm. the the Clippers that are like borderline, and then you got the Grizzlies, and I mean they always gonna play you tough, and you know, but I don't really think with Gasol or not without him, like they have a real legitimate chance to win the West. Like, I just don't. I mean, you got Dallas over there. You got just a lot of teams that you have to you have to get past in order to get to the Eastern Conference Finals and I just you know they never really had uh, a great team to do that so I just be like man I don't I don't even think I don't I don't think it matters for real for real. I mean of course they're not going to win as many games and they may open the door for one of the lesser teams maybe Sacramento if they get their act together but I mean for the majority of the of the, of the, of the, the people in the West it really doesn't change too much yeah, nah, I, I agree with you. I was just curious. Yeah, man. So I mean, that's that's a tough loss, though. If you're if you're a Grizzlies fan, I feel for you because I mean that's essentially your best player, and he at least he at least gives you the option for you to watch the playoffs with like some some level of excitement. You know what I'm saying? Without him, it's not even like you don't even have a chance at all. With him, you have a chance. But it's just not likely you will win. But without him, you can go ahead and chalk that chance up. Just go ahead and put that joint in the trash with the uh, right. New York Knicks franchise. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, with that said, man. Uh, what, what y'all doing tonight, man? Anything, Ernie? You going to LA Fitness? Jeff? I'm cooking tonight, man. I'm, I already got the, the chicken seasoned up real nice. I'm about to go ahead and fry that thing up. I'm, I'm working, yeah. man. I'm working. Hey, man, earn that, earn that bread, earn that check. Oh, shout, I almost forgot, young. Shout out to my man, The Pinnacle. Uh, you can follow him at The Pinnacle uh, underscore DMG. My man dropped a new single uh, featuring Kevin Gates called Death Before Dishonor. Please support my man, though. That's my man, though, and that's my brother. So I uh, did want to give him the shout out. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'll put the uh, iTunes link up in the, um, uh, on our page and you guys can just show your support for him and, you know, appreciate that. Uh, what else? I think that's, that's all we got today. Young. Oh, uh, Thursday, we got a special guest uh, joining us. 
Diane Borges gonna be with us, a successful business owner, be joining us, talk some sports, Super Bowl, all-star basketball game, Valentine's Day. What y'all doing for Valentine's Day? That's coming up this weekend. Aaron, what you doing for Valentine's Day? Shaq, what you doing? Rappers got super quiet when I say Valentine's Day. That's like cold word for don't speak or something. What's going on? Nah, my, my wife and I going to figure it out, man. My wife and I going to figure it out. Gonna figure it out. You got reservations? Y'all can go to Miami or something? Nah, I don't know what we going to do yet. We don't know. We might just go hang out on the beach somewhere. Okay, what, well, Jeff? What you got playing? What you doing? I'm Romeo. Man, I'm I'm actually gonna I'm <laughs> I'm actually gonna be here at Dolo. Uh, my girl, she she's actually flying out to Portland on Thursday, so oh. yeah, I'm gonna try. Oh. You know, see see what I can what I can find to get into, but I I don't have no plans. Yeah, I mean I don't know what I'm gonna do, man. I mean my wife when we first started dating, she said she didn't care about a Valentine's Day, but I found out that was that was false information. She actually does care about it. So uh, if, if the people want to give me ideas on stuff I can do to, you know, uh, woo my woman all over again, please, please let a brother know. Let a brother know. Nice places to eat or places to go out, stuff like that. Yeah, hit me up, young, on the, uh, on the Instagram or the Twitter, whatever. Erin um, got quiet. That bad man not doing nothing for, for Valentine's Day. He ain't doing nothing. He gonna be at LF Fitness balling and lifting weights, <laughs> chilling. Uh, with that said, that's it. That's our show. I holler at y'all. Shut up! Give me a turn to speak. Fine, see? You do that to me. How does it feel? How does it feel to be told to shut up? We've talked about. Let me speak. How does that do feel? Not. How does that do feel? Do